0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. I'm Jenny G. Cousins, host and producer. Now, in order to tune into my show, you're going to have to subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel to catch all shows, videos, and content. I'm on 16 different platforms, so you're going to catch it one way or the other. Now, the links will be below in the description box. And before I introduce today's guest, if you feel that you have an inspiring story you would like to share or something you would really, really like to address and talk about, let me know, send me a message because you never know. I just might reach out to you and say, you know what, let's do an interview and have that chat. So listen up everyone. Now on today's show, I, I find this person, my guest, very, very, different, very unique. I love the work that he does. And you're all going to understand and see why. So before I introduce him, I'm going to read a little bit of his bio and then we're going to start the conversation out. And if you want Ron to come back at the end at another time to go live so you, the viewers, can ask him questions, also let me know so now i want to introduce on today's show ron moorhead now he's extraordinary with the work he does now ron has been known for decades for his worldwide research into the bigfoot sasquash phenomenon he is an author researcher lecturer experiencer and producer of the renowned sierra sounds to date He comes closer than any other researcher to have a complete body of evidence. The Sierra sounds are the only Bigfoot recordings that have been scientifically studied, time-tested, and accredited as genuine. Ron has documented his personal interactions with these giant beings and produced his story on a CD and also in a book voices of in the wilderness in order to try and understand the igno- ign- enigmas, sorry associated with these giants he began to dwell into quantum physics for the scientific answers that he has his hunting friends experienced and as a result he wrote another thought-provoking book the quantum bigfoot Now, still resolved to dig deeper for answers, Ron has produced another book, Bigfoot Unveiled. Now, Ron resides with his partner Carrie in North Carolina, but has traveled to and from Alaska to Patagonia and from North America to Siberia in search of the truth to how these beings are able to stay so close and hidden from classical sciences radar. Besides being a keynote speaker at many conventions, he has been featured on countless radio programs, TV documentaries, such as the Learning Channel and Travel Channel. Now, Ron has been around. And thank you, Ron, for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so very honored and so grateful for all of you.
1: I thank you for asking me it's just a pleasure thank you
0: oh you you're very welcome you're very ex- welcome i was very excited to share your your work <laughs> and and your books yeah. and all of everything so now what originally drew you into your work pursuing bigfoot and sasquatch
1: well i was friends with a group of guys who hunted in the sierra mountains of california and uh, i wasn't a hunter at the time but a couple of them came out with a story of uh of these things whatever they were making these huge noises around the camp now they, they the camp is eight miles into the wilderness from the closest road and uh 8400 feet in elevation so it's pretty imposing too to get through but one of the guys who didn't believe what they were saying even though the johnson brothers have been <clears throat> had been uh, hunting up there since 1958 and uh they they weren't someone to just discount and these guys all knew each other and like i said i was friends with all of them so the one guy went back up. They all went back up there again to see if these things were still around because the horrific sounds they were hearing was not a bear, and they knew that the track they saw was not a bear's track. And uh, so, anyway, uh, this guy heard it, and he, very religious, he didn't know where to put it in his paradigm. You know, because giants aren't supposed to exist like these things represented. And he got freaked out, got scared, left the next morning, left him a note, said, "I'm out of here," and. Uh, Hiked all the way out and went all the way back to home in the valley, San Joaquin Valley of California. And uh, the wives were worried because at the time when the Johnson came out and told the story about these things that were up there, they didn't know what they were dealing with. And they didn't know where they were because <clears throat> the sounds that they were hearing were very, very aggressive. And uh, they didn't know if it was going to get eaten or what, but they got out and everything was good. They told the other guys, they went back up. Or like I said, one guy came out, so... He wouldn't go back and check on them because he was afraid to go by himself. So they said, well, you got to go see if they've been eaten or what's happened to these guys because, again, they didn't know what they what they's dealing with up there. So he said, I'll go if Ron will go with me. So I went with him, and uh, I thought I was in good shape, but that trail is really imposing. When you leave uh, ground-level altitude and go to uh, 10,000 feet, it's, it's kind of taxing on your lungs a little bit. And mm-hmm. I thought I was in good shape, but he wore me out. <laughs> we got there, the guys were okay, but that got me introduced into the camp, and I've been going back. I went back as often as I could to find someone to go with me, and uh, that's how I got involved. We all started taking tape, tape recorders, cassette tape recorders, and uh, started recording these sounds. It wasn't until 71, 72, when um, Alan Berry was contacted by Ivan Sanderson, cryptozoologist, who thought it was probably a hoax, because Warren Johnson, the leader, he, he wrote him a 23-page letter. And that went into, he forwarded it to Peter Byrne, who was uh, on the West Coast with the Research Center. Now Peter thought the same thing, it's probably a hoax. But he thought, well, I'll send it to my friend Al Berry, who's in California, and he's a investigative reporter. And he's no one to fool with. Al Berry has, uh, has a master's degree in science. So anyway, um, uh, Al came down and interviewed us and got the story and asked if he could go in. So he went in 1972. Uh, looking for the hoax actually and uh, uh, I didn't know all this I read the correspondence later in years when I read Alberry's files and Alberry passed away in uh, 2012 and uh, a couple of the other guys passed away too so there's so only three of us left that were in the original group and uh, that's what's got me started and uh, Alberry to be in the professional that he was he um, he, he started searching for a uh, a PhD in electronic engineers to establish the, the the sounds were real or not real. Either way, he didn't, he just wanted to know this, the background of them. And he got a hold of a professor, Lynn Curlin, the university of Wyoming, who, who was a, uh, electrical engineer, a PhD. And he did a year long study. He took them seriously as did Ivy Taibo and like people who did the, uh, Watergate tapes, but they, uh, they don't do it for free. Or this guy was a professor at a university, so he he took it on and actually signed it to a student and checked. He gave that in a paper. Uh, he he established that the tapes were not manipulated, that the sounds we were hearing were not speeded up, the sounds were not slowed down. There was no sixty cycle hound, all that stuff. He said there's no. It represented uh, one little piece, of it represented an animal eight foot tall or eight foot tall. So then, a crypto linguist got a hold of them by accident. Uh, by the way, he presented that uh, that paper that he wrote in the um, University of British Columbia in 1978, I think it was, and uh, it was just academia mostly there. And uh, they uh, still didn't know what to do with that because academia has their paradigms, you know. They, they yeah. it's got to fit within that, and they're going to try to make it fit. So they all thought it had to be if, if these things do exist, they got to be a a remnant of the Gigantopithecus, which came across the land bridge, and they think, and survived. It didn't go extinct like everybody thought. It was, all that stuff, you know. So if it don't fit into their paradigm, I, it's probably got to be questionable, but even though this this uh, Dr. Curlin is, is a professor, they should have been taken more seriously. So that's all in a book called Man Like Monsters on Trial. It was published by UCB Press in 1980. It wasn't until 2008 when a cryptolinguist trained by the Navy Two-time graduate of the Foreign Language Institute of, uh, of Languages, and he got uh, hold of him by accident. He he uh, he thought I oh, hear language in this. Now he was trained by the military to hear codes and hear languages that he didn't know and see if he see if they were a code or a language. If it was a language, to transcribe it and not translate it, because until you get somebody to tell you what a word is, you don't really know where to start. But he transcribed it. And uh, he said it's a language by the human definition of language, it's a very complex language, knowing that it hadn't been manipulated now. And he, he said humans can't make this. And actually, that was established in Dr. Curlin's report, too. Humans can't make the, the frequencies that these things can get to below, above, and inside our average human range. So, anyway, that, that, that was a pretty big step, too, since how he's crypto trained by the Navy. and two-time graduate and had invented quite well, so he's, uh, you know, so what really puts a cap on this thing uh, is uh, Dr. Philip Lieberman at Brown University who passed away earlier this year. He says, only primates, only human primates, only us humans have the capability of language like I'm talking now. All other animals have a way of communicating, but they don't have a language as I'm talking now. We have that. Only humans have that, he said. So to me, that puts a human component within these these beings that we dealt with in Sierras. So that's how I got started. That's where I, I kind of oh. went babbling off there, but
0: No, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So how many years have you like been been doing research and oh, stuff? I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, this started that's, for me in 19, 1971. Okay. Wow. I've been researching ever since. And I was brought up in religious circles. So, uh, the first thing I turned to was uh, biblical references to giants, you know, and I kind of quite a bit about the giants, but, but it really didn't say how they could be here today, I didn't think. So, I started deeper, digging deeper into uh, Greek mythology and how our Bible got to where it is, and it went all the way back to the cuneiform text now, which is the oldest known written language for the Sumerians in the northern Mesopotamia, and you find a lot more in how it's all been manipulated by the powers to be throughout the ages yeah. you know yeah so it's 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 really interesting when you get into it but it also gets into what tessa said what well, one man calls god another one calls quantum physics so and then uh, einstein said what uh takes uh let's see science without religion is lame <laughs> religion without science is blind and that's what he says yeah. Now, i think if he could say that today he'd probably say spirituality because Religions are are, are are conditioned you know, each yeah. one of them to believe certain ways. Or spirituality, we're all spiritual beings, whether we want to believe that or not, we are. And we're all going to have an etherical body and, and, a, and a biological body. The biological body will die, but our etherical body, our spirit, our soul, our cognizance, all, they won't die. They're going to go somewhere else. So we're multiple. We're beings, I think, with multiple embodiments. And we have oh. to learn what we're supposed to do on this planet. It's a training ground for us. Yes. Learning what to do and experiencing what we're experiencing is a huge privilege because we're made very special and a lot of eyes are on this planet because mm. we're supposed to be, well, I get really deep into this stuff. <laughs> Maybe too <laughs> soon. So, back me off and ask me another question you're going to. But um, <laughs> it gets into quantum physics and that kind of explains the anomalies associated with these beings uh in my opinion how how so many reports over the years i've heard of them disappearing and i've heard of them uh different things happening same thing that happened with us up there a lot of different screwy things you can't put your finger on outside newtonian physics we're all trained in the fifth grade on from newtonian physics which is 1687 and we've got to live in that in our three-dimensional environment but it's based on everything being measurable predictable. Uh, and, and, uh, and material and physical. But everything isn't that way. You find that our light's frequency is, is everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. According to they're called Tesla. So you get into that, uh, you find that we are energy at the most basic level of our being. We are energy vibrating at a frequency. Even Einstein, if you could change that frequency, find the frequency of anything, you can change its matter. That was established firmly by... Uh, by Dr. Well, Dr. Dirac, nineteen thirty-three, when he won the Nobel Prize for matter and energy are interchangeable. That's pretty interesting. Matter yeah. and energy are interchangeable, yeah. and that was established <clears throat> by Fer- oh, Fern <laughs> CERN, the hydron Collider, in uh, in uh, two thousand twelve, when a, a particle changed into energy through that collider, and uh, they can they can't see energy but they can sense it so they saw the particle and they sensed the energy at the end of the tunnel and that was unique more so than most people even realize so matter and energy are interchangeable so that kind of answers the question how how can they disappear well their vocal range is so superior to ours according to the science we've had done on them i think they can reach a frequency that they could change their matter into energy and you hear all these stories
0: yeah they could probably sense that no matter wherever they are in their location, they could feel or smell or sense there's an energy like a human or somebody around them.
1: I think it's their own energy. They're changing. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they can change our perception of what we're seeing, which yeah. I don't know, maybe that's possible yeah. too.
0: Like if so you came face to face with, with a Bigfoot, let's say, or Sasquatch, would you be nervous? Would you be scared? Cause I'm, you know, you, you've done endless research.
1: You cut like, out on there.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah.
1: Well, I've never come face to face with one, so I can't yeah. say. It. Have, have
0: you felt it, like sense <clears throat> that you're being watched, like in the oh, woods or somewhere?
1: Definitely, yes. yes. A lot of people feel that, but then uh, science will say where well, you can't go by your feelings. Yeah. And one time, Warren Johnson and I were in our shelter, and we came out of the shelter, and right, this thing was yapping right around this big tree right outside there, and we thought, once a moonlit night, we jump out right quick, we'll see it run away. Because we were getting pretty bold at that time, because we realized whatever the sounds were, they they weren't going to eat us or carry us away or something. So we started walking up towards this tree, thinking we we're going to see it run away, and all of a sudden, we just got frozen our tracks, both of us. And I mentioned that to a scientist one time, because we couldn't go any further. Warren looked at me and he said, I don't know Jew, I can't move. And I said, I can't eat. And I said, I go backwards. So we both walked back in the shelter. As soon as I got shelter, this thing started mouthing off again, like it was toying with us or something. I told that to a scientist when they said, Well, science can't go by your fears. This came I said, Trust me, we weren't afraid at that time. We just wanted to see one. <laughs> you <know>? and, uh, <laughs> yeah. He said, Well, maybe it's infrasound or ultrasound or pheromones. Infrasound or pheromones is what he said. Pheromones only work within the same species. So I thought it's probably uh, infrasound because that does affect. You know, that's a known thing that animals use. Large animals use that: elephants, giraffes, uh, tigers. <laughs> they use that to frighten prey because it'll and it affects humans, uh, definitely. So I kind of went with infrasound at the time. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's just one uh, yeah. freaky thing that's happened up there. And also, we hear sounds out there that wasn't outside our shelter. That wasn't uh, wasn't normal. It wasn't just the vocalizations we were recording, but it was metallic sounds or at one time we thought our shelter was being torn apart and I mean not our shelter, but our barrels that we had our food in was being torn apart. And we looked out there later and <clears throat> nothing had changed. Well, how do you what do you do with that? At the yeah. time we were there in the early seventies when all this was going on, we we really didn't know what we were dealing with and we we were ignorant about how things really work on this planet. It's not just Newtonian physics. It's uh, quantum physics, which was only established, and Max Planck got the Nobel Prize in 1918 for quantum mechanics. And that's what Einstein, Tesla, a lot of these guys were working with, Bohr and Schrodinger and those physicists. And a lot of people just don't think they can get their head around what they were doing, but it's really not that hard. I started delving into it years and years ago and uh, just trying to get the answers to the things we were witnessing Mm -hmm. up there, the lights and the anomalies and things. Uh, Anyway, that's what I got to say about that. That's yeah, because
0: whenever I was listening to <laughs> one of your, your sounds, like, I can't remember, I think it was, like, the new documentary coming out, um, I caught it, and I was just sitting back, and I was listening to it, my dog was sleeping, she woke up right away, and, and just started looking around and barking, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, an animal can look at sounds, but I noticed a really big difference with her whenever she kind of looked up and and how she was reacting. It It's it almost like, what is that? Right? Yeah, <laughs> well, I know. A lot, lot
1: like, of those are just uh, cower back the, under you, you know, and not want to leave.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like she was across the other side of the room from me, you know, sleeping and such. and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and it, it was, I'm just like, wow, that's so... That's So interesting. So interesting. And then I played it again later, just um, curiosity. And yeah, it it was like that. She was like, like, what uh, is that? It was very different. I could because I'm also an animal communicator. So when she was how she was reacting, it was very interesting, like just, just a frequency in the vibration from that alone. So You know, um, whenever you started, like, to hear these sounds, like, did you, like, did your hair stand up? Did you, like, kind of, like, that feeling and that sensing and knowing that, wait a minute, like, this is.
1: I didn't. Because I knew the other guys hadn't been eaten. And they hadn't been carried away. They are all safe. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because, excuse me, we all had high power guns. It's a hunting camp. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I don't know if it was the guns that made it, but I don't think our guns might have done any good. I mean, to be honest with you, if they'd in the shelter, we would have definitely all been deaf by now, shooting at them or not been here at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they certainly can, can, could have tore through that wood shelter that we had. And uh, But I i kind of had a sense of uh, uh, who I am as a human at that time, even, and here we all are. We have, I just felt very... uh not, not vulnerable myself. It wasn't how some of the other guys felt. I know that. But I, uh, I don't mean to sound like I was some kind of a hero or something, but I just, yeah. I just didn't have that come over me. And uh, I got kind of bold with it. And uh, Anyway, I kind of get into who I think we are as humans and how special we are and how we should be thankful that we are who we are and then take all our issues not as a as a uh, victim but as a challenge and as a way to respond to them properly
0: yeah yeah Because you back in 1971 you had a personal experience with a, like a bigfoot family in in california what happened back then
1: well yeah, it was in 74 when i was up yes. there yeah. yeah they started interacting with me and my friend bill when we first got up there and uh, just he and i we packed supplies into the horses and mules, and and he, uh, we he was just doing what he was doing, taking care of the horses, and I was trying to get a fire going for something to eat. It was getting late, <laughs> and that's when they started popping their rocks. That's the night I got to see one. He got to see one also. They hmm. started interacting with us over outside the shelter, which was pretty unique, really very unique. Normally, they'd wait till we got inside before they'd do anything, <clears throat> and. Uh, Anyway, uh, we found out if you just act like they're not there, they'll come closer. But they start popping their rocks rhythmically, uh, hitting trees. We're doing what they do, and the first thing you know, they start whooping back and forth. Whoops! I think have different intonations, meaning different things. I don't know what. Another code there, but they they got one of their own. Then they started chattering, and they've done that before. But this was outside, you know, while we were there, and one of them uh, was. Cried out behind me, and it was a uh, samurai cry. How I got coined later on, and a samurai cry. I saw this thing run down down the ridge towards the other two. We think there's two more down there—an adolescent and a female. And uh, <clears throat> he was—I think he was the big male, uh, had a big voice. But we had—I recorded a little, a little voice too. You know, and a big voice coming down on it, like uh, the mother coming down on a child for getting too fresh with these can humans yeah yeah
0: and, i'm i'm sure that whenever they're sensing especially humans around they just walk the opposite direction you know
1: they made us they don't want to you know, they're not supposed to interfere with our karma and yeah they are interfering with us up there everything has free will and uh that people want to know why they don't interfere with more the way they interfere with a lot of people is through what they call mind speak and uh, that's called quantum entanglement, when, when the minds are together. And you know what I mean by that. And uh, people ask me if I've had minds speak up. there with, I've always been very analytical. And yeah. I think that my analytical mind talks me out of listening to stuff like that. I used to, anyway. Getting better. I think you get better through meditation and trying to clean up your pineal glands so that you can receive from the universe. And you can do a lot of things that we just haven't learned how to evolve into yet. <clears throat>
0: So what what is some of their habits like? What it, do you know? So what some of their habits are that they do?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. We never found out where they where they went. Yeah, uh, and we looked scoured that the yeah. mountains all over up there looking for where where they could be. You know,
2: yeah, uh,
1: where they go in the daytime because they only came by the evening mostly. And we go yeah. out walking without our horses <clears throat> just to scout around or to hunt. Mm-hmm. And of course, I stopped hunting. I don't hunt anymore, but during those days I did because that's what you did when you were up there. And then we come back and find big big footprints around our horses. So,
2: oh I know
1: they wow, do, they do come up in the daytime, but horses didn't seem to be bothered by them. Even oh, really? Around our camp, they didn't around. they didn't, around
0: yeah, show no signs like, or anything. Or,
1: well, no, I, even when, when a bear's around now, they will trot and. Bopping.
0: yeah because there's that threat right so yes, they're probably saying. sensing you know no that energy around them and saying you know what everything's going to be okay everything's calm so mm. but a bear i understand have you ever come face to face with a bear like pretty like close oh, up
1: yes i have
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that would freak me out completely yeah. more well, than I've, a sasquatch i can tell lot, you that
1: a bear up there a lot of bear yeah. up there and i was sitting one time on a rock just sitting there nice warm day on a rock and I seen this sow and two cubs come strolling towards me. I had to be downwind from them. And uh the two cubs kind of drifted off. One of them drifted off and got really close to me. Oh. And I thought, you know, if this thing gets behind me, I could be in trouble with that sow. I should him back yeah. in. So I I uh I kind of wiggled a little bit and he he didn't see me. They can't see with the clip, you know, but they could smell you. Yeah. All of a sudden he got a whiff of me and uh or he stood up and he just ran back to the model. They all three ran off. <laughs> uh, and several times I've come pretty close to bear up there. And, uh, it's it's interesting, but uh, bear, uh, usually the black bears aren't aggressive as a rule, but actually one came into our camp one night when he was up there and about 12 o'clock we got woken up by what we thought was uh, Bigfoot sounds outside up on a ridge quite a ways away and we heard our camp being tore apart again, you know. But this time it really was we heard one of our packs from the horses getting tore so we looked out there and shined the light and it was a bear and so we went out and shoot it off you know and yeah i write about this in my first book uh voices the wilderness and uh, they mm. he circled around we got, they came back and started getting into it again because we hadn't unpacked our food at this time and they were still in our packs because we're getting kind of late and uh he came back again, started going for it again. So we did the same thing again. And the third time when he did this, we went out with our guns and and decided, you know, we got to get rid of him or he's going to just eat all our food up. <laughs> but yeah. uh, since then, I, if I have to shoot at a bear, I'll, I'll use a, a bird shot in my gun and uh, just just pop it a little bit and screw it off. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, we uh, went out the third time, tried to shoot him off again. He went out about 20 or 30 feet. Stood up on his hind leg and dropped back down and started coming right towards us.
2: Oh, God. And,
1: uh, we had to shoot him. And uh, we ate him the next We skinned him out ate <laughs> the next day, which sounds gross, but it's... Uh,
0: I know. But, but serious. I mean, it's reality when you're out, out where you're yeah, at. It is, right? yeah. yeah. And yeah. He, he
1: was definitely after our food and us if we got in the way. So uh, he looked really big at that time. <laughs> we skinned him uh, yeah. out the next day. He looked like a man still laying there, you know, so... Uh, we ate his back straps and barbecued his hindquarters, and and that's what we did. And uh, I, it's kind of spooky when you see a bear skinned out. He does look like a person, you know? So uh, I didn't I'm, like I'm sure with a
0: Bigfoot and stuff too, of course, right? That
1: would be. Uh, well, I will think you'll never get to that point. but Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like do you, do you notice if
0: was... there's like a smell or something? Like, have you, you know, noticed that at that all? Because
1: so many people report a smell. Okay. And, uh, no, no. Okay. At that night when we shot the bear, I, I smelled something.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't the I wasn't the gunpowder. It was uh, something else. Yeah. But I think they can emanate that smell. Which uh, we're 8,400 feet in elevation, way back there where the bears. If uh, it, you know, they they're berry barrels. So they eat berries. And they do eat garbage dump stuff. So a lot of people won't eat bear because it's they they go to garbage dumps and try to out the food from there and sometimes the meat's not very good yeah but uh, so you
0: you've like you've traveled like literally all over the world um doing research and and so on and such like that is there like a uh like a more specific location you would go back to that you're like you know what i i want to go back to this location to do more research and such
1: and i got More to say, so
0: the
1: if, if I'm going to go back anywhere, it would probably be to our camp. The last time I was there in uh, 2018, when I took uh, David Palides, who wrote the Poland one one Missing 401 uh books, he went up there to film me at the camp and, and uh, where the camp was. He's the only one I've ever ever been in there professionally to film something. He came out with Missing 4 The Hunted. I got about 15 minutes in that uh, DVD. I think it's free if anyone wants to watch it now. Uh, And uh, it showed uh, what we experienced two years earlier, which was this light anomaly. it was about a four-foot-long tube looking light floating through the trees. And uh, that's just a form of energy, I think. And and we watched it for quite a while. uh, Don't know what to expect with that. All I had was a little 38 with a bird shot in it for the bear.
2: (laughs) And... uh, (laughs)
1: Uh, You don't know what to do with that because it's just, but it's not so strange in that area. It's just like there's kind of something going on there.
2: Yeah.
1: But we've had orbs follow us around up there and things like that. Wow. Uh, And it's just uh, a lot of strange things. We watched it for several seconds, so it went out of sight. It wasn't moving fast. It just floating through the trees. It's a that would be
0: freaky to see that, right? Like, like realistically,
1: yeah. That's concerning. It's just uh, you (laughs) know that had a, a sound at its 40th octave will change into light. Interesting, huh? So light is energy, or sound is energy, Everything's energy. So if, if, if these things can create a octave, 40, 40, 40 octaves above the sound in the, the making, it would be light, it wouldn't be the sound. That's hard to get head around a little bit, but that's just what science says and have established. So Interesting how people see orbs, and then I've had some of them say, "Well, this turned into a Bigfoot, or a Bigfoot turned into an orb, or something." Well, could it be that way? Is that how they do it? I don't know.
0: You know, it's it's interesting. I have like cameras in my place just to watch my dog mainly when I'm out. She has medical conditions, and um so one night I was in my bedroom with her just reading a book. So the only light on was my little nightlight, and all of a sudden, I like I get notifications on my phone about my camera and i'm like what like that's just out in the living room so i always see orbs around the living room and such like that in different areas at my place when it's dark however one thing that was really interesting for me it's not you know i I see it a lot mind you but all of a sudden there is this man where this boy appeared in front of me wearing a knapsack and baseball hat right on camera there And actually, it was somebody who I knew who had actually committed suicide. I've known Mm. him for many years. You know, he's a younger person and such like that. He just appeared right there on my camera. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I kind of stood there frozen in a little bit. But then I'm like, I felt this calm and peacefulness with it. I wished I thought, why wouldn't I have recorded that, right? (laughs) So it's, I I love things like that.
1: Phenomenal. It happens, doesn't it? Yeah. That's where I think uh, you know ghosts hang out in the fourth dimension because we go through our three-dimensional environment here, but this this body passes away and deteriorates where our spirit goes on. I think they're caught in a time capsule or mm-hmm. time something there at the fourth dimension, and if they haven't responded to everything properly, they they get another chance to come back and I think and get uh, get to try it again. Yeah. So I believe in multiple embodiments, which is not the way I was raised at all. But I guess the religion I was that I was trained in. I say trained because we're all trained to think yeah. certain ways. You know? <laughs> but I, I encourage people to, to try to look, keep that in mind, but go outside mm-hmm. of it and start researching how things really happen.
2: Yeah.
1: And, Be uh, open. There's so much more going on that we don't see we see between 430 and 770 terahertz that's our light's frequency and all these other frequencies are out there and uh you know if you get into
3: mm-hmm.
1: to that stuff you'll you'll be on your way to understanding how things are different than what you perceive you know, Absolutely. Environment.
0: now you you've dealt with a lot of different artifacts right um around the world and such do you um, if somebody says you know what that artifact there has a curse on it or whatever like that do you do you believe that like have you felt anything or
1: well i might believe that they believe but i i try not to give negative things energy yeah i don't want to yeah. focus on that at all yes. <laughs> yes and i try not to so i like i know people that are into that all the time and that's yeah. what they experience all the time because that's what they pay attention to and where you're Thoughts the go where your energy goes, and then it calls for manifesting it in your life. Yeah. So I, I just think to stay positive is the best way to get out of that all. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. all good. It's all good that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, I I've
0: uh, even had clients <laughs> say somebody put a curse on me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, who are you around? Right. You know, like,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, don't give it that energy. Don't allow it. You know, it, <laughs> I don't say I disbelieve in that, but I I, I do yeah. believe in the way energy works and frequencies and things like that. So, if that's science, really, that's quantum science. So I I just know that a lot of people <clears throat> give way too much credit to too much negativity, and always uh, mm-hmm. got something going wrong with them. Out and, of uh,
0: out of all the locations you've been to, right? You know, this is this is what I love. You've you've. Your journey has been everywhere around the world and such like that like i'm a world type of person myself too so i, I love i love hearing stories from people um do you <clears throat> find that it's kind of an open question really but do you find that there are certain parts more let's say like countries that has uh like more artifacts than the other evidence artifacts all of that kind of such like what country if you had to choose, let's say, without like spoiling a location, um, that you would go back to.
1: Well, I've been to South America twice. So I've yeah. worked for South America, Peru, Bolivia. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you see a lot of stuff that just don't make sense to our three dimensional mind. How they did what they did is, is just uh, amazing. And those megalithic structures you see. And I've uh, been into tombs back there where we've wow. got skeletons and. I was down there examining with a couple of scientists the elongated skulls that uh, they have in Paracas, Peru. We mm-hmm. weighed them, and there was there weren't human the ones we saw. Now the Incas used to cradle board head bind their their youth, loyalty uh, youth, but this is a culture that pre-Inca that uh, didn't do that. They just had elongated skulls, a single parietal where we have two, one on each side of our head. They just have a single and elongated. There's no sagittal suture, so it's just one parietal right here, and they had about 30% more brain matter where right. when Incas cradle-boarded their youth, they didn't get more brain matter, they just got a kid with a big headache probably,
0: longer
1: <laughs> a longer mm-hmm. skull. Uh, that had to hurt, but still, um you see that stuff, and, and you, you go into these tombs and see some of the same stuff, yeah. and you realize that uh, something's happened on this planet. goes way back before we were you get into Rebecca Tempe over in Turkey and in that area. Uh, so much things, so much, so much. It just opens your mind up to how big this planet is and how long it's actually been here and how many cultures have been on this planet. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was actually going to those... be an archaeologist when uh, I was younger. I'm like, I'm going to be an archaeologist and go dig in Egypt and all of these places.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You find the same technology. Same, yeah. Uh, in, in Egypt, it's in uh, South America, and I've been all over uh, uh, Yucatan too, uh, buying uh, stuff. Yeah, and they got the same type stuff going on all over.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, you know how's that happened? Because there's been a catastrophic incident here thousands of years ago that changed the planet. That's called the Big Deluge, which is talked about in every culture is about And I think that, uh, you know, they just, they're advanced (laughs) and more advanced than what we are yet. And we have those abilities within us. We have not been shortchanged. We have not evolved into them yet. However, we can. You can get into other dimensions. You can get into your fourth dimension, your fifth dimension, your sixth dimension. You can go into the ninth dimension in this embodiment of the third dimension. But you won't won't stay there unless you can transform yourself like our masters did, you know. Yeah. Uh, could, like, do you have a it.
0: mentor, like a mentor that you look that you looked up to, or um, like somebody who inspired you? Because out of all the researchers, like you're the number one researcher for Bigfoot and Sasquatch. I've heard.
1: Oh well, that's a nice thing to say. <laughs> I certainly don't know what everything there is to know, but I've got a <laughs> lot of background on me, and uh, I try to open openly share that with people and hope it helps. But yeah. what it's really brought me to as far as Bigfoot goes it's brought me to how they do what they do. Can they disappear? Yeah, they know how to change their matter into energy. Mm-hmm. They will go out of your visual perception. And that will also stop their trackways, which for years I heard these people, well, we followed this trackway and it just stopped. So a researcher, regular researcher, say, Well, the helicopter must have picked them up. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Where, no, that's not what happened. Once you once you change your your matter, your density into energy. It won't have any more weight to it, so it doesn't do a track anymore.
0: <clears throat> out of out of your research and stuff, do you have like um, I'm sure you have tons of stories, but do you have like a story that um, you really, really experience something like phenomenally
1: phenomenal, as I call it. Mm to think. I've experienced a lot of phenomenal things. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Like, there's tons of yeah. stories.
1: Some of the most yeah. phenomenal things, I'm a private pilot. I flew my own airplane all the way to Alaska and into uh, Central and South America. And uh, one time I was flying, I was by myself, and uh, well, I just <clears throat> you can catch see, I was flying in some bad weather, and I was starting to get sucked up in the clouds, which they could spit you out at 30,000 feet. And this plane I had didn't have oxygen, so I kept fighting that, and I was out in the middle of nowhere, into Canada somewhere. That was kind of exciting. But some of my uh, more memorable things are are not around these anomalies, like Bigfoot and her UFOs. I think there's a, by the way, UFO component to these things. Because I think that, uh, well, I don't think they're all the same. Let me talk about that a second. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: They're not all the same, in my opinion. They, They have different attributes. I don't think the Patterson film from 1967, Creature, I think it looks to me like it could be a diluted down. And I think these things, when they were, Mm. I think they were made by aliens prior to Homo sapiens. And uh, they have evolved more into whatever they are. They've been given certain attributes to do certain things, but they've also crossbred with indigenous people, which makes some of them different as the eons go by. Natives have, excuse me, have a lot of that uh, in their lore. So mm. I think that's what's happened. Ours up there had much bigger feet. They were bigger and just bigger. And uh, the feet were bigger. They were splayed toes and uh, just hardly hardly an arch at all. They were one foot in front of the other through the snow or wherever they were. Where they were. And uh, the very uh, sentient uh smart intuitive we had no idea they were that way when we first counted them started coming around our camp but they realized we weren't going to shoot at them they realized they could toy with us and they do toy with you we set up camera traps and go around a different way you know they sometimes just go in and bat the camera off <laughs> i think we lost three cameras people want to know why you didn't get a picture why didn't you shoot one so we could establish the species uh-huh. well, that's, yeah that's ridiculous We'd yeah. even thought that way, you probably wouldn't have had the encounters because yeah. I think they can read your aura. they can read your energy. <clears throat> I think. And,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: sure. So if I had to do it over again, I would probably do things differently, but uh I don't grow up there so much like I used to. I used to go every yeah. chance I got. In fact, the last time I was up there was in two thousand eighteen with David Pilades and mm-hmm. Uh, people want not know if I'm going to go back. Well, <clears throat> while we was up there, California, I think there were 17 forest fires going on at the time. One of them was close to us, and we didn't know if we were going to get out or not. Uh, oh. We was up there a full week, and we had to wait for a, a mule team to come up there and pack up everything and get us out of there. We, had, wow. we had, had them take us in, and uh, that's just... Uh, mm. Anyway, I flew over later on after the fires and seeing what damage it, it, they did the fire did and we i seen where some of the trees were still there in fact green trees around a few acres around where our shelter is was and uh the camp is still there obviously ground don't change but but the trees some of them have been scorched you know, and off all over the area mm. so i'm sure i can i can trouble find my way in i could do that almost backwards i've been up there so many times but it's really imposing to do that on foot I go in again at my age I'm in my 80s now so I really got to I mean
0: You don't look 80s Oh thank you I seriously would not have ever thought that once so. well,
1: I may not look 80 trust me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, over, I'm over 80 <laughs> uh, So but anyway uh, I just uh, about seven years ago I had a surgery in my brain I had a tumor taken out of my uh, I wasn't been at all so, uh, but it's messed up my balance, <clears throat> mm-hmm. so I don't walk anymore. I mean, I walk, but I yeah. don't. Yeah, I don't care to walk up there because my balance and it's some yeah. really rocky yeah. areas that you just don't want to fall off. And I had too many broken ribs and sprung wrists and everything like that going up there with horses. Okay. So over the years, it's a treasure's trail, really. So, anybody, anybody going up there. <clears throat> If they ride a horse, they better have a good trail horse. Not just a trail horse, but a good trail horse with yeah. its experience in, in rocks and stuff like that. We never shoot our horses. And uh, if you horse horseshoes they can slip easier on the rocks with steep boulders that they have to walk over. Whereas so, uh anyway, that's getting off the subject, but
0: <laughs> so you've you've written a lot of books.
1: Right? I've written just two. I'm on my third one just about ready to release it. Uh,
0: yeah, was... like I keep on hearing books like books and books and books, right? <laughs> so I I you're there's gonna be more coming. Um <clears throat> out of out of the books that you have written, like of course they have their own energy and, and experience and stories and such like that. Is there one that you're drawn to more?
1: Uh well, the one I'm writing right now, I guess. I'm drawing to right now. The first one I wrote was My uh, Voices in the Wilderness. Yeah. It was my chronicle, and it comes with a download of the sound, so I get to talking about the sound I heard. You can hear the sound if you download it. And then the second one is uh, Quantum Physics. Totally different book. The first one was easy to write. Quantum Physics took me a long time to write, because I had to research things quite carefully, and I had to combine that with uh, my spiritual upbringing. And uh, like I say, Tesla said what one man calls God, no one calls quantum physics, because the spirituality in quantum physics are synonymous to me. And so I've written that one. I've written uh, just about, in fact, I'm meeting one my editor after we are talking today. I'm editing this book I've written now. Second one, second Second editor. <laughs> wow. And uh, so I'll be releasing that probably after the first year and mm-hmm. I can get it all cleaned up. Uh my website, people can download these things. I've also produced two, two CDs with just the sounds and the narrative about the sounds on it. One, uh, the first one is uh, the aggressive sounds that was narrated by Jonathan Frakes, Star Trek, Next Generation. And the second one, I narrate myself. It's got sounds embedded in it also. It's my story. And it's uh, they're both about 40 minutes long. Uh, those are also downloadable.
0: I mean, I can yeah. imagine to listening to that under a full moon, like you got your <laughs> earphones plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're outside up- somewhere in the dark, let's say, or in the woodsy area, you know, and then so, you're hearing these sounds in the moon. Uh, like uh, <laughs> yeah, for some, those some of you, who-
1: <laughs> some people want to take these and and splash them out in the forest. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't recommend that. But they think they're going to get some. Well, they had had one guy do that, and one one of these things charged him. Oh my gosh you saw it when you talk about walking on water I guy did't yeah. <laughs> And I had a lot of people say stuff like that because a lot of people say they hear the sounds that are unrecorded but uh none of them's really been studied like I have and the people that walk around with tape recorders and uh mm-hmm. they say they hear them but they obviously do not record them. Yeah. but these things will toy with people because they think that we think're we smarter than them
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, like, I mean, I won't even go like this, like, I mean, seriously, I'm an animal communicator, I won't even go into the mountains and such, like that hiking or anything. You know, I'll stand there and take a photo, nice photo, but I won't go in there. I mean, I have nothing against guess if other people never, of course, but for me, no, because I sense a lot of energies around there, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm in the pathway here, you know, I'll by my car.
1: <laughs> well, I tell people... Uh basically is if they're afraid that's the fear is your only enemy in life really yeah in my opinion, fear yeah we've got to conquer our fear yeah and uh if you can conquer your fear you, you're yeah. pretty much not going to be bothered by anything because if you realize also who you were made the image of and how how important that is how how we are made to be how we've been given dominion not dominus but dominion on this planet so you can call it off you know you can call it out and uh Know who you are as a human, what you're here for. And that's basically to experience the experience you're experiencing and yeah. responding to it properly. When I say properly, here's a key word for this whole program respond to it with love and compassion and not with, with anger, not with hate, not with, I want to get back to that guy. Don't flip him off. Yeah. Don't get mad. Don't get mad that, that little lady won't move when the light turns green. You know, <laughs> just just be patient and be compassionate. Yeah, and when you follow those rules, your whole health, everything's going to be better for you. Yeah, That's Sometimes
0: I that it. that inner voice comes out though when you least expect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah know, we're, we're so like,
1: human. Yeah, I think right? I think we receive through our pineal gland. But it's a receptor. <laughs> yeah, has to be connected to the heart, which has its own brain, and then mm, uh, that has to be in coherence with the outside mind. Yeah. A lot of times, our analytical, conditioned mind will tell us to go that way when our heart says go that way. Yeah, I think you need to follow your heart every time, and it'll uh, yeah. be the right place.
0: Absolutely. Now, you were also in Nepal. Like Nepal, for me, it's you mm-hmm. know I hold my heart with Nepal, the Himalayas, and all of that for many reasons. Um Now, you were there to help us assess um, the tiger population. Like what? What were you doing? Like what was that about?
1: I went over there with my friend Peter Byrne, who I've known since uh, well, the mid 70s when he heard about our sounds and came down and talked to us. And he's uh, one of the great white hunters that was first allowed in Nepal to set up a preserve there for hunting. He led 72 safaris and he was engaged by the government there to assess the tigers, see how many there were, because there's a big thing going on with tigers. People try to kill them and take them over to China and sell them for a lot of money. So there's a military presence there now. He he turned his over. He turned his acreage, uh, three thousand acres, I mean, think, over to the government there, and they put a military presence there to keep people from poaching and uh, tigers. So he's he was engaged by the government to assess the tiger population, and he invited me to go over there with him several times. So I realized he wasn't going to be here forever, so I went over there with him, and it was <laughs> quite quite enlightening. He showed me a lot of things, with you try to see, you know, if there's leopard prints, that means there's no tiger around. Different, different things. They're really respected over there in, in Nepal a lot. He just passed away a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Oh. In his 90s. Yeah. Wow.
3: Uh,
1: quite a gentleman. Written yeah. several books. And a uh, real colorful history. He was the great white hunter, the original. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. That I mean, it's it, it's amazing. It's just it. I go way way. It's past life, anyways, with Nepal and such like that. Um, do you do you think or believe that? Because I mean, people go missing, of course, at, at any time for many reasons, right? Do you think anybody has gone missing because of a like a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot?
1: There's a lot of stories about that. Yeah, uh, like David Pilates talks about the missing people and mainly in parks and uh parks like national parks okay yeah yeah and i was just down at the lake uh, land between the lakes here recently on an expedition there with some guys that <clears> there's <throat> the dog man they have down there which you can believe in bigfoot you may as well believe in dog man because aliens are messing around with different species on this planet all the time and yeah the big hybridization program going on as we speak a lot of things are changing for us now yeah uh yeah well it's hard to say you know i've never saw that happen i've heard about it the dogman especially is aggressive to people and uh what the parks will do is just block off that area where they get attacked or something by something but there's been bigfoot and dogman sighted in that area lbl got land between the lakes Mm. it just uh i went in there for two days with these guys but uh Anyway, it's kind of a secret thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm like, no. okay. So <laughs> <laughs> no, a... that, that Lovelock um cave in Nevada, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, even I think like Ghost Adventures, Zach Bagon and those those guys have been in there and such like that. Um, you you've been into Lovelock caves. Four times. Four times. Yeah. Four How times. do you feel in there? Like do you go during the day or or do you like go during all, the evening time?
1: No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's well, p- three of us went in there. I've been there four times, like I say. One of the yeah. times I went in with these other two guys and they went, they went back at night. I said, I'm not going to go back there at night. and not, <laughs> because of a, not because I'm afraid of something. It's just because you're not, it's, it's a, it's protected. I mean, it's, it's open to the public and it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because there's, well, <clears throat> we saw a big hand printed and we thought it looks like a hand anyway, a huge hand. It's a huge cave, but a lot of it's been blocked off now to the public so you can't get down these areas. And those guys got down there and started digging through one of those areas, you know, and started finding all kinds of little stuff that uh, yes. belonged to the Paiutes probably because they took over the cave once they killed all these uh, hairy giants that came out. Sarah Winnemuker writes about that in her book, uh, Life, in yeah. Life of the Pirates. Uh, but supposedly they are cannibalistic, red haired giants. Yes. And all the artifacts have been taken away, supposedly, to the Smithsonians, what I've heard. I've tried to get access to that stuff a couple of times and they won't they won't give it up. And uh <clears throat> anyway, no tones what all they have. <laughs> but I've been there four times and it's been uh, interesting each time last time I went this, was to show somebody the handprint, and it had been wiped off already. Now, that would have taken something to get that off, because it was uh, the goop that was up on the roof of that thing, it was very high, by the way, that same goop was on this big boulder down there. And uh, I took pictures of all that. Somehow, somebody got it off, and I can't believe anybody got a permit to do that in that length of time. Uh, so that's the bigger question, is who, who did that and why. Cover-ups, yeah. Yeah, it's all cover-up. I mean, Cover-ups. The government only gives us what they think we can handle. They trickle it out to us, bits at a time, like the UFO thing. And, yeah. and they, but they're going to have to trickle out the Bigfoot proof. And too many people are are <laughs> seeing these things, and too many people are so they're very credible. These people are very, very credible. I mean, they're police officers, forestry workers, stuff like that. A lot of time I'm threatened, they're threatened. A lot of times they are threatened with their job if they come forward. A lot of them are coming forward now, if they yeah. retire or just sit yeah. like back
0: And there's more truth about. being exposed, even more and more and more and more, yeah. and, more and it's going to continue yeah. to come out, right? So,
1: yeah, I have a philosophy that truth will always prevail. Yes, always.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, and, you know, it's, yeah, the truth always comes out one way or another.
1: Right. You
0: know, it's it's like karma. You know, it comes around, goes around, and nobody can run from karma and such like that.
1: That's you the know? reason for the multiple embodiments
0: yes absolutely so can you share with those who are not familiar with what are the red hair giants just because people are going to be like what is the red hair giants
1: well that's a good question uh i like to say i know i got some of my suspicions of what they are but uh you know the nephilim from the biblical standpoint i don't know if you know about that or not what they are but They were beings that were created by uh, the Anunnaki, which were the fallen angels from the powerful ones, giants. And uh, they had abilities that uh, actually kicked us into motion long, long time ago, according to the cuneiform text of the upper Mesopotamia. It's just about all religions have their core coming out of that written text. It's the first written text known to mankind. And uh, so what what are the red-haired giants? It could be an offshoot from that, from Mm -hmm. just because they were eating people, they're cannibalistic there. And uh, I know the Native Americans have a lot of stories about how they don't want their kids going to the forest because, and also that they have stories too about their women being taken. So who knows uh, what that race may have been, but they were, according to Sarah Winamaca, they were hairy, red haired, eight foot giants yeah cannibalistic like yeah. she's got a dress supposedly made from the One at least part of it is i don't know where that dress is but <clears throat> she's not buried around there anywhere she's up somewhere else but
2: yeah
1: it'd be interesting to get that garment and it'd be interesting to see one of these things is skeleton or skull if it's got two priles or one or just where all that leads to because you don't get to see that stuff anymore once the the government has to control the narrative and if it doesn't fit yeah. with what religions and narratives go with what they want people to have they hide it or make fun of it. One to get rid of the story
0: yeah ab- yeah absolutely absolutely
1: now we've had black helicopters over us once in a while <laughs> it's my life a little bit uh freaky <laughs> but uh doesn't bother me they can't hurt me you know uh It's like Devil's
0: Tower and and, um, Close Encounters. There's helicopters (laughs) surrounding it, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they fly pretty close sometimes, but uh, it doesn't bother me. They have not arrested me or shot me or anything like that yet. Not that well, I expected. done
0: no harm, right? Like, you know, so. Oh,
1: no, they're who am I? I'm small peanuts around here, you know. In <laughs> the big, in the big. I do believe in UFOs. I believe aliens are here now. They've been here for eons. They may be who we are in the future. I don't know. Uh, they, a lot of them, house themselves under the water. Some of them probably cloaked out in space. But people wonder who are we so special that they would come to this planet? Well, this planet is the jewel of the solar system. It's got everything that the other planets don't have. Yeah, it's got, it's got everything. So they all monitor this, I think, this planet to see the oh, for of sure us, of us humans. For sure. Yeah. Be Even Especially. me and a friend of
0: mine, long story short, many, many moons ago, as I call it, we call each other alien to alien for many reasons. You know, <laughs> and even whenever I send her like a Christmas card or birthday card on, you know, it's like going to who right i'll put alien to alien that's just her address and that's then funny. it's from from who i'll put alien to alien
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah well we're all in for some interesting times ahead of us
0: yes yeah. uh, absolutely
1: it's a new world now and it's coming things are changing past yeah and i think ai is what we're going to watch for That's my opinion what? Artificial, yeah, what artificial intelligence.
0: Yes, yes, uh,
1: yes. It'll overtake us and uh, nothing we can do about it, I don't think. And that's all prophesied, too. I think it's yeah. not just in biblical references, but it's in all kinds of mythologies and Native American lore. It's in so much.
0: <clears throat> you, I mean, like you, you've did. done so many, like, researches on so many things.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: yes,
1: I have. Great, right? like... It's all what I've been drawn to. I've been fortunate enough to be able to get involved in all that. I've had a very fortunate life. Yeah, and I'm very grateful for it. You know? What and do you I want to want...
0: be remembered for? Like, what would you? What do you want to be remembered for when? <laughs> to eventually... have dropped
1: a seed somewhere so people can water it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know who's listening to all that right now, but if I can just touch a few people or just one, you know, it's all worth my time and my. Home. Yes. this is all I do—is this right here and speak at conferences and things like that. Right. So, what I want to remember by—if if, I don't care if I get remembered or not—but what I say, I hope gets remembered, and what I've, uh, what I think I've came across in my like fifty-plus years of of uh, experiencing and all it. Well, I mean,
0: you—you've been on like documentaries and Travel Channel, Discovery Channel, and such like that too. So, I mean, you know, those go on; those go on you know, yeah. long after, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's very educational. I mean, I love it. I, I personally, I love it myself.
1: I like being on these things because I get to express what I think. And, yeah. and if it follows with people find, everybody has choices in life and they can choose to believe yeah. this kind of stuff or they can choose to stay in their box. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: have that's,
0: you had dreams like dreams, um, of Bigfoot's or Sasquashes, because our dreams can show us a lot, of course, right? Yeah. Have you ever had that, like yeah. you're 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 dreaming or something, and then all of a sudden there's like a Sasquatch or Bigfoot standing in front of you?
1: I have, yeah, yeah. I had other things besides that come in front of me, yeah. yeah I'll woke up some nights and I see somebody walking by at the foot of the bed. And I thought, what's, what's my wife doing up right now? What yeah. and her? <laughs> and then. One time I got woke up, and said, usually they grab my feet. That's that's what happens. I wow. grab a hold of my feet and start shaking them. And I'll look up and see a, a face of somebody there. and Sometimes I don't know who it is, but one night it was so real, I, I reached up to touch it and it wasn't there. But my hand could go right through it. Oh, wow, that was different. So I got to thinking, well, what are they doing? Maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they're trying to help me with something. So I started just saying thank you instead of getting scared. Not yeah. that I don't get scared too easy, but um... no, you've <laughs> swam with
0: freaky. sharks for goodness sakes, like you've swam with sharks since
1: and... oh, uh, yeah, I've rode manta rays too. And uh, yeah, I've, I guess I have has a lot of experiences. Yeah, none of those things have to do with much with Bigfoot, other than I've been to Patagonia as a safety diver for the right whales, you know. Yes, and, uh, been uh, in Nepal up in the I rode an elephant for a week over there. And, oh, wow a 19-foot restrictor and uh just uh yeah memories that's all you got when you get older is your memories
0: yeah but that's i good. mean like you're this extraordinary adventurous unique person and that's why i was really drawn to you in your work right well, thank, you. thank you you know that's you're nice very interesting like i could talk to you for hours my goodness sakes
1: i can talk for hours too i was, <laughs> I was on saw that coast to coast one time for four hours
0: Oh, wow. Wow. First
1: half of that was commercials, I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Gave you that so, kind of time to have a moment, right?
1: <laughs> it was quite a while back. I've been on it again since then, but I won't stay up that late anymore.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do it live. You know.
0: Wow. Because, I mean, you're also a musician, a musician.
1: Yeah, I've been involved in music. I have pulled my plane into the wilderness of Alaska, into the little villages back there, and the Perform for them and talk to them, and didn't never require money or nothing like that because uh, they would usually take one offering, feed me well, and roll out the red carpet if I had one. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, they always took care. Of it. I don't. I don't worry about being taken care of anymore. I've, I've had a lot of money in the past, and I've spent a lot of money in the past, and it's okay. I'm doing okay now. I'm not making money, but I'm not trying to make money.
2: I don't yeah. care. Yeah. You know,
1: it, money is not everything. Yeah, it's the second to happiness
0: that peace of mind. So, what do you do to stay grounded,
1: right? This,
0: this, <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <clears throat> what do I do to stay grounded? You know, yeah. as far as I don't work, I just write and uh, respond to people every day. And uh, I, I, I go out and still get around a little bit, and uh, just not as much as I used to, yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I do, I do. I stay just about as busy as I want to stay, you know, doing this stuff. My wife's always remodeling a house, no matter what—house for kids. She's a lot younger than me. She's got all that energy, so go for <laughs> it, girl!
2: <laughs>
0: Absolutely, really,
1: really good at it, though. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Well, but that uh, you know it—that's it, extraordinary. I mean, we've only just really covered the surface, like only just the surface, really. And and I mean, you you've got so many stories is like to share more of course you know even at like another time on a live show as well perhaps and you know people can ask you of course it won't be four hours long like coast to coast (laughs) (laughs) but who knows right i just got in Won't be late at night right so so somebody wanted to get to know you more or like buy your books or, or read more about you what is the best way for them to reach out to you and get a hold of
1: you, my website, which is ronmorehead.com, simple one o m o r e h a d and dot com. That's where you can either buy the hard copy of the books, or you can download those, or download my CDs. Yeah, uh, you can print them out and play them in your car or whatever.
2: Yeah, some I mean, some the-
1: sort. I still got some of those around in stores, mm-hmm. uh, but I stopped mailing those out myself a while back because it's just too too busy. Yeah. I've been real busy this summer. I've spoken.
0: Yeah, because so you're on a lot of documentaries and, and shows and stuff. And... Well,
1: actually, they're doing a documentary now of the Sierra Camp with mm-hmm. me and just been uh, uh, they're, I think they're going to do a really good job I'm trying to raise funds for it, though. <laughs> you know, production companies often run low on funds when they're trying to do a big one. And uh, they've already done a few productions, with this is Going to be their biggest i think should be really good yeah and i don't know what they're going to call it yet but it's uh it basically they interviewed the other two guys that are still remaining my friend bill mcdowell and, and lewis johnson and lewis is in his 90s but he's still very alert
0: Factors,
1: yeah they interviewed him just a few weeks ago in california i was there and they interviewed all three of us at once there too so they got those guys on film which is a first for them ever and uh, I've all, I've been after Bill for so long because he experienced what I experienced up there, and so did Lewis. And uh, they just haven't been wanting to talk about it. You know, they're very backward about it. They're all very religious still, which is okay. But I, I they just think there's something you shouldn't mess with. A lot of people think that yeah. Native Americans think that they just leave them alone. They just are big brothers, and they live out there. But what they represent is what I've had to get into. It's just won't leave me alone.
0: Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I mean, like there's you know, people that you know say they've taken photos of things and when very well might not be so there's certain skeptical people out there and such like that as well. And you know, but the evidence that you've produced and, and that's been going on for quite some time people have to really open their minds and i do believe especially you know especially these past because this year there's been more changes this mm-hmm. year than there has been in over ten thousand years
1: i think that's what the lion calendar 2012 was all about bring us into an age of enlightenment mm. yeah a lot of people are being enlightened now and uh, i like that a lot yeah because when i was a boy just a little kid it was 1960 it was going to end of time right
2: yeah yeah. Next
1: year was 1984. That's the end of time, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. That first
1: thing, then the next thing you know, the world's going in in 2000. <laughs> and then it happened in 2012. No, that's when it happened. <laughs> now it's 2027. So, you know, it goes on and on, one way or the other. Things are just going to happen.
0: Oh well, what can we do about it? Right? <laughs> it's like, Absolutely you know, what are you going to do about it? Fight with just the planet. Get yourself right.
1: Get your spirit right. Get yourself. Yeah. Fixed and who you really are and yeah. what the image you were made in. A yes. very high frequential being. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's been like such a an pleasure and an honor to oh. chat with you today, Ron. Like, oh, my goodness sakes, right? Like, oh, my goodness <laughs> sakes. It's been awesome. It's been well, really, really awesome.
1: Thank you, know? you so much. I appreciate that.
0: Oh, oh, of course. Of course. It's it's just so I, I love really unique things and, and diving in and. and you know, like I always tell people, you know what, whatever you're passionate about, go for it. Because when you follow your passion, what you're truly exactly. passionate about, you're gonna find your soul's destiny and soul's Absolutely. purpose. And and so it doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing, that's for you. We're all unique and gifted and talented in our own way.
1: That is so good. That's such good advice. Yeah. If you, if you don't have the coherence between your heart and your gut feeling yeah. and your, your yeah. mind. It goes yeah. in rhythm with each other. You do it through meditation. But it's all received, I believe, through the third eye, the pinot yeah. which is in coherence with the heart. heart has to teach the outside mind not to be so restricted. Just go by what it, what the heart tells you to do. Yes,
2: absolutely. The outside
1: mind is going to say, well, this way, you've been conditioned like this. That's where all the money is over there. Go that way. But then your heart's going to say, no, go over here and help this old lady cross the street. Well, your heart says go help that little old lady. That's what you ought to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It your it, own it,
1: personal frequency. Yeah, yeah. Get show compassion.
0: This,
3: yeah,
1: absolutely. Get you out of this third dimensional environment and the right respect when you get out of it. Yeah,
0: show compassion and 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 especially kindness because, I mean, it doesn't matter who we are on the planet. We're all going through something. We're all experiencing something. Yes. and we all have our own journey to, to walk <clears> upon <throat> the good, the bad, and the ugly, and such like that. And and I always say the number one rule of the universe is do not judge.
1: Exactly. That's so important. Everybody's yeah. got their karma to go through. they got their own decisions to make. Let them make it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. My goodness, Rod. I can't believe we're, like, uh, coming to the end here already. And, um, yeah, you know. For those of you who seriously want to see Ron come back live, make some comments for goodness sakes, because you never know, you know, I'll be connecting with Ron again. I love his work. I'm a huge fan. And um, it'd be honored to, to do another interview with you at another time and such like that. And yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it. You've got to look at his work. You've got to check out his books and so on and so on and so on, you know, Go for it. You'll really, really be shocked and surprised with the evidence and photos and pictures, and, and plus so much more about Ron. Right? So, thank you. oh, you're very welcome. So, thank you everyone for tuning into my show. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel in order to get notifications on new videos and content that's coming out. And remember, if you have a story or something extraordinary you'd like to share or chat about with me, send me a message and you never know, I might reach out to you and come knocking at your door to do an interview with you. So want to wish you all a very bountiful day. And thank you again to my extraordinary guest, Ron Moorhead. Thank you you're very welcome take care okay bye